it's not to say that we don't get anything from our customers in terms of expectation of ESG. We certainly do. It tends to be more focused on the S and the G than it does on the E, on the social component and on the governance component than it does on the environmental component. Some of that is just by the nature of what we do. ESG has exploded into compliance and business consciousness in 2021. Join Tom Fox, the voice of compliance, on the ESG Report and learn about sustainability risks, opportunities, and issues that business leaders and compliance professionals need to know about regarding ESG. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode. And today I'm thrilled to have with me Liz Crow. Liz is a president at On Point. I've been trying to get her on this podcast for a long time, but she finally succumbed. So, Liz, first of all, welcome and thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Of course, my pleasure. And sorry it took so long. So, Liz, you had a very interesting professional background. I was wondering if you could tell our listeners a little bit about that. Sure. I got a degree in chemical engineering from the University of Texas in Austin and moved to Houston and have been there ever since. Yep, hook'em horns. Started my career in refining as a process engineer working for Amico Oil, which is uh, no longer exists. I guess that tells you how long ago it was. Stayed with that company for about nine years, moved into consulting and that's where I kind of got my sea legs in sales and marketing. Did the consulting thing for about five years and then moved into the glamorous field of industrial services where I stay today. Started with a company named PSC that did industrial cleaning and environmental services. And that's where I really kind of learned the ropes around managing a business, managing a PL, managing people, managing safety, as well as customer relationships. I was there for 12 years and it was a great learning experience until I joined OnPoint, which was in 2017 as its CEO. And I've been there ever since. And OnPoint has been quite a journey. A lot of things have happened in the last five years. Some of them were by design by us and our management team, but we also like everybody else, went through this period of the pandemic where it really tested our management strength. But it's been a lot of fun and continues to be a great challenge. Liz, I'd like to turn to OnPoint now. But before you tell us the business of OnPoint in more detail than you did, let me start with a basic term that compliance professionals may not be aware of, and that's a turnaround. I've provided legal services in your industry for a very long time as well. And turnarounds are one of the most exciting, one of the most dangerous, one of the most interesting, high-pressure, time-constrained, serious work that every facility has to go through. So what is a turnaround? And then what services does OnPoint offer to assist in turnarounds? So a turnaround is a concentrated maintenance event where activities like cleaning, inspection, repairs, maintenance are performed, activities that cannot be performed while the facility is online. So the facility is shut down for a small turnaround might be for three weeks, a larger turnaround might be for six weeks, 
and literally hundreds or thousands of extra people come onto the site to do this work. They'll be working seven days a week, 12-hour shifts to get all of this work done in this very narrow time frame so that the facility can get back online and continue production. So we like to describe OnPoint as a turnaround support services provider. So most of the people that show up at the facility to do this work are craftsmen. They're welders, they're pipe fitters, they're boiler makers, they're turning wrenches or physically doing labor to clean equipment or make repairs to the equipment. There are a whole lot of ancillary activities that take place that OnPoint provides to support the turnaround. So we describe it in terms of a day in the life of turnaround guy. Turnaround guy shows up at the refinery for the very first time, and he's there with 1,000 of his new best friends. He parks in a parking lot that is a mile away from the refinery because there's not enough parking space at the refinery to accommodate all of these extra cars. He gets on a bus. That bus takes him to the gate. He walks through that gate, and then he either walks to or gets on another bus that takes him to a lunch tent. And this is sort of a gathering spot for he to meet with his supervisor and and their crews to get the instructions on what they're going to be doing for the day. They will leave that place. They're going to walk to a tool trailer. They're going to walk to a materials trailer, get their bolts, their gaskets, the things they need to do their work. They're going to go to a safety trailer. They're going to pick up a gas detection. They're going to pick up fall protection, things that they need to safely perform their work. They're going to go to Exchanger E101 and get ready to do the work for the day. And then they're going to wait for the customer to give them a permit that says it is now safe to start your activity. They're going to work for two hours, stop, go back to the lunch tent for a break, and then do the whole thing over again in the afternoon. So all of those activities outside of actually turning the wrench or cleaning the exchanger are things that OnPoint does. We provide the buses. We design the parking lots for those thousand extra people. We define the walking paths inside the facility that make sure that it's safe for them to walk around all these activities. We clean the lunch tents. We provide ice and water that they need during their breaks. We stage and move compressors and generators for them to use. So it's all of these support activities, and a lot of it is around safety. So the biggest part of OnPoint's business is around safety, providing permit support, providing safety attendants that are there to make sure that a fire doesn't start or that breathing air is supplied properly. So everything except for the work itself is what OnPoint does. Typically, will OnPoint have multiple turnarounds going on at the same time? Are they consecutive? How do you manage multiple projects like that within the context of multiple clients? So we always have more than one turnaround going on at the same time. Turnarounds have seasons. They tend to happen in the spring and in the fall. And to a greater extent these days, we do have continued work throughout the year. 
but it is quite typical for us to be working at 19 or 20 different turnaround job sites at the same time. And so one of the core competencies that we have in our business is sourcing people to do this work and getting them logistically to the places they need to get to with all of the right credentials, badges, and training, background checks, and drug tests, doing all of that to get them ready to work. So we will, on your average day for kind of our steady eddy workforce, somewhere around 400 people. During turnaround season, peak turnaround season, we will have about 2,000 people. So we bring in a lot of people, and then when the work is done, they go away, and then they come back when it's time for the work to start again. Is your work concentrated in the Texas Gulf Coast or greater Gulf Coast, or are you nationwide or other areas of the country? We are definitely nationwide, but just because the Texas-Louisiana Gulf Coast, it is the highest concentration of refineries, petrochemical, and other chemical manufacturing facilities. That is where most of our work is. But we work in California. We work in Illinois, Ohio. We work in Kansas and Oklahoma. Any place that you can find a fertilizer plant, a refinery, a chemical plant, that's where OnPoint's work would be. Liz, I'd like to turn now to one of the most ubiquitous phrases in the corporate speak in 2022, and that's ESG. And if I could start with, how has ESG impacted a company such as OnPoint? I would say probably the, the first place that it came into our business rhythm has really been via our private equity ownership. So we're owned by a private equity firm based here in Houston. Their name is Cap Street. And they have investors, limited partners, that are looking for the firm to instill ESG priorities into the portfolio companies that they manage. And so there is an expectation via our owners that we have an ESG component to our management practices. It's not to say that we don't get anything from our customers in terms of expectation of ESG. We certainly do. It tends to be more focused on the S and the G than it does on the E, on the social component and on the governance component than it does on the environmental component. Some of that is just by the nature of what we do, that we don't have the ability to impact the environmental footprint the same way another service provider might to an Exxon or a Lyondell. But on the social aspect and on the governance aspect, we do. If you go back to what I was describing about our business model and how many people we bring in, the social aspect of that has a couple of different facets. The first and foremost is safety. Our customers expect us not only to work safely for ourselves and provide them a workforce that is safe and can operate injury-free, but they also expect us to help them maintain their own safety standards and compliance. There's a lot of emphasis that is placed on on point from our customers, on our policies, on our procedures, 
on our training to keep both the on-point employees safe when they're out there doing work in the field for our customers and as well to keep all of the other contractors that are operating in the turnaround safe. That's an area where our customers recognize an ESG impact from on-point. So it fascinates me about that, Liz, is you and I have both been in this industry for a long time. And we have seen, at least early on in my career, some catastrophic events at plants, which led to a complete revamp of the culture of safety in our industry. Safety became number one in, in every plant I went into, every company I worked with, it was clear. And now as we move forward into 2022, that's seen as a key component of ESG, where it's really been something that you and I have been in and around literally for 30 years now. Would that be a fair assessment? Absolutely. And I think the way that it has benefited and in a way sort of helped to create OnPoint's business model is that increased emphasis on safety has meant that they recognize the value in having a professional focused service provider on safety. I'll give you an example. We provide safety attendance to our customers. I'll use Firewatch because it's the easiest to understand. If somebody is welding inside of a refinery, even though it's shut down, there is a risk of a fire occurring. We provide people who literally stand there and watch to make sure that sparks don't fly out of containment. And if they do, they literally put the fire out and manage the request for help if needed. So in the past, there might have been a a more cavalier approach taken to the value that a fire watch provides and the level of training that a fire watch should have to perform his or her duties. They would let a general contractor or a helper level person do that, just bring an extra guy and tell him to sit on the bucket and you're the fire watch. Congratulations, you're the fire watch today. Where OnPoint's approach is very deliberate. This is what we do for a living. We're very focused on it. We train to a specific standard, and when we send somebody out to do Firewatch, it's treated as a professional service, so you get a much higher quality outcome from that. So the increased scrutiny on safety has helped to grow OnPoint's business. So it sounds like, at least in OnPoint's situation, ESG was a business positive. Are customers asking OnPoint to describe ESG efforts in a way that's different than how you would make a presentation of your safety protocols? In some cases, yes. And I'd say we go through various levels of qualification to be able to work for a customer. And even after we're working for them, they're going to do periodic audits of our programs, our policies, our procedures. And so they definitely have a lot more rigor in how they are asking us to, frankly, prove it. It's one thing to say you're going to do it. We're going to come and check and make sure that you're doing it that way. But there's also been some other things that have started to come up in those qualification stages around workforce diversity, for example. And it's another area where we've been able to lean on a 
just an inherent strength that we have. Our workforce is inherently diverse. One great example is we hire a lot of bus drivers. We tend to hire them from school districts. The vast majority of our bus drivers are African-American and female. And I can't say that we deliberately went to hire just that demographic. That is the demographic that does the work that we do. The same thing with our safety attendants. They tend to be very diverse set of folks, and they tend to be predominantly female. It's something I never really expected or thought about when I came to OnPoint, but that is inherent to our business, and it supports our customers' social initiatives. And I'd say the other area where we're getting a little bit more scrutiny that has proven to make us better is around information security. We're still a relatively small company, but having said that, we have tripled in size in the last five years. And so what we were able to get by with from an IT security standard or just basic infrastructure five years ago is very different than what we need now and what our customers expect. So we've invested in staff and leadership, as well as other more sophisticated systems to improve our IT security approach. And that's good for us. Liz, if I could ask you to maybe turn your gaze down the road to the future, do you see these ESG issues as something that will continue to be important, both to your investors that you mentioned, but also to your customer base or perhaps even other stakeholders? I certainly do. And I would say right now we live in interesting times. There is going to be continued pressure on our customers on the E, on the environmental aspect of ESG. It's evidenced itself in terms of their shift to biodiesel or sustainable aviation fuel, other methods of producing refined products without being based on uh, crude oil. It's come at the expense of refining capacity, and that has played into this entire inflationary environment that we're in. But I don't see it going backwards. There's too much pressure and too much need for our customers to respond with a very long-term plan to address climate change. And and that's ultimately going to start to impact OnPoint's business and our approach to business. So I definitely see that it's going to be, it's not going anywhere. And OnPoint is going to have to be thinking hard about how we can impact as many of our customers' goals and initiatives as we can. Liz, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode, but I was wondering if our listeners wanted any more information on OnPoint or any of the topics we've touched on in this podcast, what would be the best place for them to go? Probably our website. Happy to say we have just revamped our website. You can find us at www.onpoint-us.com. Well, Liz, Thank you again for doing this. I've really enjoyed it, learned a lot, and I look forward to continuing this conversation. Well, thank you for the opportunity, Tom. I appreciate it.